What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hook One Pod. Again, we're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan. I'm Pete. And I'm Willie. And today, you know, since we basically just had our first hurricane blow through Michigan, we feel like it'd be a really good time to talk about dirty water walters. And that's essentially fishing dirty water walleyes in the river, um, whether you're jigging or pulling harnesses. And, uh, Louie, what do you think about when you hear dirty water? Um, I feel like a lot of guys try and stay away from it. They kind of stay in their garage, start organizing their fishing stuff until uh, the water starts to clean up. But there's a lot of different ways to fish the, the dirty water and capitalize on it when nobody else is out there. Yeah, you're not going to catch any fish from the couch. That's for sure. I've, I've learned that, you know, plenty of times out there. It's, ah, it's too muddy. A lot of the times when I was younger and now when I think of dirty water, water, I think of aggressive fish. And honestly, I think of big fish because that's typically when you can trick these guys. Yeah, it seems like when it's dirty water, you don't have to kind of trick them as much. It seems like if they see it, they're more than likely going to eat it. Um, I mean, it's not all the cases, but more than more than likely that's that's the case. So the other thing um, I start thinking when I think dirty water is, is darker colors. You know, a lot of times those fish can't see like those silvers, those light greens, those whites. They're not going to see that in dirty water. Typically, once I start seeing water start, start to dirty, it's blacks, it's browns, it's deep purples. You know, that I just seem to have better luck um, going the darker bait route. And I also like to use baits that typically have a little bit more wobble or rattle to them. So maybe instead, you know, if I'm jigging, instead of throwing down a fluke tail, I'm just going to throw down a paddle tail because that paddle will give that water, you know, a little bit extra vibration. It'll give something that the fish to kind of key in on. Yeah, one thing I was always taught growing up fishing dirty water was dirty water, dark colors, and then clean water, white colors. Um, I mean, there's always going to be exceptions to it, but that's usually what I try and stick to when it's either super clean water or super dirty water. But, yeah, um, extra vibration, extra rattle, anything to get the fish's attention always helps. But it seems like the fish are often more aggressive in dirty water. And I know a lot of times when I'm, when sometimes the water is too clean, I'm looking for dirty water or stained water. I mean, we're kind of in a situation now where it looks like chocolate milk outside. But honestly, I'm willing to bet that if you went out there, especially midday, you know, today we have a beautiful day. The sun is shining. So if you were to go out there today, I don't think you'd have really any issue finding some walleye. I think you'd have to find the, put in the time, obviously, to get on that school. But I, I would be willing to bet that those fish are munching. Yeah, one thing that um, it's not given, but it's kind of you just got to think about is when you find those walleye, you can't be 20 feet off to the right or 20 feet off to the left of them. It seems like you have to be directly on top of them or you're not getting the bites. They're not going to be able to see it. They're not going to be able to chase it. It's gonna, as soon as they see it, it's either they're going to bite it or they're not. And it's just that split second reaction that makes or breaks it. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely less room for error as far as, you know, you got to land on the fish. In dirty water, it's more of that spot on the spot that you're looking for um, to get over those fish. Because like you said, it's not, they're not going to be able to line it up from a couple feet away or, you know, they're not on some days on our river, they can watch it just come bouncing down from probably 50 feet. Yeah. You know, it just is so clear. So you're definitely going to have to be a lot more precise on the spots. And that's why, you know, it is going to take, it does take time to find the fish. But once you find the fish, you know, throw those darker baits down there, and typically they're munching. Now, do you ever mess with live bait much? Oh, uh, I do. Or it's, scents? 
I feel like scents make more of an impact in dirty water than live bait does. For some reason, I feel like it just kind of sends out like a cloud and it kind of expands instead of just keeping that that bait right on your jig. Um, it seems like it's more of a reaction bite anyway, so they're not following that bait to look at that live minnow on top of your bait. But it's it's all time of year and how it plays into effect. Right, and I think for me at least it's definitely time of year. I have a really hard time fishing, um, tipping with minnows and fishing live bait anytime after like the middle of May, to be honest with you. Once, yeah. once that water warms up, I typically flip over to artificials and, and that's what we're rolling with. I mean, you could try it, you know, in the fall and, and whatnot. Definitely. I don't know in the summer, like I said, I've never tried it, but scents, scents are something that I'm, um, iffy on them, you know, in the clean water, they do work. They do work. Yeah. Some work better than others yep. for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm iffy on them, but like you said, in the dirty water, that's when it seems to make the difference because, you know, a lot of the times it is that reaction strike. So if you have like a scent or something just to get their attention, like, you know, Hey, what's over there. And then you bring that jig by their face, piss them off a little bit. They're going to smoke it. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, in relatively clean water, I would say just kind of keep it simple. Unless the fish are being really finicky, I wouldn't try and mess around with any scents or anything, but um dirty water scents i feel like do help a little bit it's just that little additive on your bait that kind of encourages them to bite that bait um one thing i will say is that if you're going to use scents i wouldn't use the spray on scents i would try and find a sense that you can it's almost like a gel that you can put on your bait it seems like that lasts a little bit longer and they're a little bit more effective at least that's what i've found so far Right. No, definitely. The, the gel, the gel seems to at least, you know, the spray works, yeah. but after a while it's going to run off on yeah. you. The gel, that stuff's pretty nasty. It seems to stick on there pretty good. Yeah. You know, the other cool thing about Sensar and, and the few that I've used, um, they, they do pretty well in the boat. You know, if you leave them in the compartment or whatever, they seem to do pretty well in the boat, which is nice. I mean, the stinkier, the better, Yeah. but they don't like leak all over the place. They're not a huge mess. Um, but you know, talking about dirty water, another thing that I typically tend to think about is shallow. Like when I see dirty water, I want to fish shallow and whether I'm jigging, whether I'm pulling crawler harnesses, especially when we're out trolling, um, if you can find dirty water and and pound it shallow, that typically you're going to find the type of fish that you want to catch. Yeah. It seems like it doesn't really matter what time of year, but it seems like those bait fish tend to move a little bit more shallow when that dirty water comes i don't know if it's because it's a little bit easier to see with the sun getting down to them a little bit faster or if they're just looking for structure but it definitely seems like when it's dirtier or stained water those fish do move in shallower i think those fish might find it at least my little theory on i think they just might find it easier to pin that bait up shallow yeah and and it you know they have less room to run the other thing that's interesting is you know the, the water is even though it's dirty, those fish are able to key in and find those baits. And if you're fishing shallow, there's, I guess, man, I don't know. I'm finding a, I'm finding a real hard time getting it out. I guess what I'm trying to say is like your baits are going to be around the fish more often in that shallow water uh, instead of that deeper water. And then another thing is it's a lot easier to use your sonar. It's easier to use your sonar and, you know, 20 feet and less 
than it is to use it in 40 feet, especially when we're out there using panoptics and stuff. It's not easy in 40 foot of water to sit there on forward view and yeah. figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, my theory is kind of, I mean, this could be completely wrong, but it seems <laughs> like when we get a storm, it's either a super hard north wind or a super hard south wind. And it seems like at least one day it's it's blowing pretty hard out of the north. And I think it kind of shoves some of the warmer or the colder water down into the rivers. So my theory is that the fish are kind of trying to find warmer water when they move in shallower. Um, it could be completely wrong, but that's just what I've thought about. I would think it's a pretty good bet. I mean, we've been kind of saying that all year. We've seen uh, traditionally we get a lot of southwest winds around here, and we've seen a lot of north winds, which – you know, where the St. Clair River is at, that pushes a ton of that water from northeast Lake Huron. And Lake Huron's just deep and it's cold. Yeah. And even, I mean, we were catching walleye in June that were frozen. You could yeah. touch them and they were cold to the touch. You know what yeah. I mean? So I definitely think it is pushing that colder water down. I think that's what leads to some really good um, salmon runs in the spring is when we get all that warm water pushed down. And even those guys up in the lake, I mean, you see, obviously now it's the lake's trashed. Yeah. Um, but when it's not as drastic and you get those Northeast winds and the lake almost, I mean, it almost flips, you know, yeah. that cold water comes on our side, guys are catching salmon, steelhead. I mean, the lake trout are the grease, those grease pigs are everywhere, Yeah. but the salmon and the steelhead, the Atlantics, the coals, those all come back when that North wind comes in. And so our fish, you know, are doing the same thing. They're looking for the warm water because that's where the bait's going to end up. Yeah. I think that's personally why they move shallow. Um, another thing is, is that water is so dirty when it gets dirty that I think the white has a little bit harder of a time to reach the bottom. So it's always constantly dark down there. So I think the fish might move up shallower for longer periods of uh, the day so they can ease. I mean, it's not easy, but for them to track down the bait a little bit easier for them to be able to see a little bit easier instead of staying down in the dark 24 seven until that water cleans up. Right. I mean, when the water's dirty, you can literally look over the side of your boat and see the sediment yeah. floating by. And so, you know, you know, light's not getting down as far, but that's interesting. You bring that up because, um, you know, in the spring, as it's starting to warm up or in the fall on days where it is cold, these sunny days in warm water, that heats up the water so fast. Oh, the, yeah. the sediment that's floating down, all that dirt, or so, I, that's got to be what it is. But it heats up so fast, it heats up the water. And that can honestly lead to some banger days. Yeah. Like if you get today, bluebird skies, dirty water, and I, now it's September, so I'm not saying you're going to go out there and pound them. But if you were looking at a day like this in May, that's a day that you're looking at. Get the kids out there. You can fish all day. It doesn't matter because when the water's stained, it seems that those fish bite a lot longer yeah. too. You can get midday bites that are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I've noticed dirty water that, I mean, mornings are still going to be good, but it seems like midday to mid-afternoon, those bites really kind of take off where they, where they have it in the cleaner water. And they, they don't stop. It seems like once that sun gets that water warmed up a little bit, they just bite and bite and bite, and it's pass after pass. And there's they really can't tell there's pressure on them because, I mean, they can't see. They can't see the shadows going over their boat. It's I think that's why, but it seems like the afternoons on dirty water days with the sun out are just banger days. 
For sure. I think it's accumulation of a lot of things. I think, you know, in the morning, especially like earlier in the year, you notice a lot of uh, short strikes that you don't get in the afternoon. Those fish are choking the jigs in the afternoon. And like we said, I think it's a mixture of a few things. I don't think they're really noticing the boats as much. I think that they can't really see the baits as well. You know, if you're on those fish, you're just dragging those baits through them. They don't have time to line them up and, and kind of look at them. It's more of that reaction strike or, you know, it's that I'm hungry. I'm not going to let this thing get by. I'll, yeah. I'm going to bite it now and figure out what it is later. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they usually end up in my live well, so they, <laughs> they don't have the choice to figure it out later. But, you know, it's accumulation of a lot of things. But dirty water is something that, you know, we see it all the time on um, the message boards. We see it. We've gotten messages this year now that we got the shop going. Uh, you see it on Facebook all the time. You know, is the water too dirty to fish? It's It's rare that it's too dirty to fish on yeah. it. And my, that's, that's my honest opinion. Yeah. There's always going to be an exception to that, but if you're willing to put in the time, put in the effort, there's always going to be that one school of fish that's always biting, whether you can find them or not. But when you can find them and you're the only boat out there, it's, it's definitely a little bit more rewarding. I mean, just look how our season's been all this year. So we haven't had a day I would say we maybe had five days of stained water all year. And I'm really not exaggerating. I mean, no, it's been, it's been really clean. It's been super clean. We've been able to see way down to the bottom. The fish have been able to see all the boats, all the baits all the time. Yeah. Right. So now you're looking at the end of September, you're kind of transitioning, but now that there, it's the first time that this water is look it's the first time this water's looked like this in what year? Yeah. Or long, I, honestly, maybe longer. I haven't seen water like this in a long time. To so, be with you. and obviously, you know, we'll touch on it in a little bit here, but your water clarity is going to depend where you're fishing. If you're fishing the Detroit river, your water is going to be a little bit dirtier. If you're fishing the Saginaw river, there's no such thing as dirty water. Um, some pools on the Mississippi river, there's no such thing as dirty water. I mean, that it is what it is. Yeah. It's literally, you're fishing mud. Yeah. You know, Saginaw Bay or Saginaw river is the same thing. You're, you're essentially fishing mud. Now Detroit actually had some cleaner days this year. That was pretty cool, pretty cool to see. Um, but they're typically a dirtier river just because Lake St. Clair feeds into them. Yeah. The water we get again, it's from Lake Huron. So it's, we're fishing blue, blue water. And so when we, especially in this area can get dirty water and trick these fish, uh, man, there's some days that are out there where you're just going to, you know, you'll write that date down. I got to fish again this year, but sometimes it's that dirty water that helps. Yeah. Um, definitely one thing that, uh, not that I've noticed, but that I've kind of started to pick up on is that when the water gets dirty or it gets that stain, the bait tends to pot up more, which brings the fish into like a more of a pod instead of catching one, like 50 feet off your drift on accident or one way high up or a couple way below where you've been getting fish it seems like you're going to catch those fish all in one specific area and they tend to all hang out together i mean you might catch one way below where you're catching all those fish but it might just be that it's usually that single roamer you're not going to catch very many of those but they usually stick together in that dirtier water as long as the, the bait's there and it seems like you catch a little bit bigger size in the dirty water too um usually you catch those roaming fish by themselves way above the pack way below the pack way outside the pack but that dirty water kind of 
brings all those fish together and I mean, you can go from catching like a 13 inch walleye to a five pounder, I mean, within feet. Yeah, it definitely feels like the schools are a lot tighter. And I think, you know, you, we can find bigger fish because again, it's easier to fool those fish and big fish are old fish. Yeah. You know, that's the old adage, big fish are old fish. So big fish are hard to catch. That's why yeah. it's easy to catch small fish. So it's definitely easier to fool them in that dark water. Why don't you run them through a little bit of like, so you're getting ready to head out. Um, you're going vertical jigging for the walleye run and you're heading out. What, what's your, what's your thought process? Um, as you know, you're looking at this dirty water, trying to, trying to break it down. What's your bait colors? What are you going to target a little bit more? What are you thinking? Um, so usually towards the beginning of the year, during the run, when the water's still a little bit colder after ice out, um, I usually have like three rods that are always my go-tos. I'll have... Uh, a white jig head with a more of a natural body. Um, I'll have an antifreeze jig head with like a, like an antifreeze all around kind of setup, straight green or chartreuse, and then I'll have one with black on black. And yep, usually what I try and target is not tributaries, but like creeks that lead into the main river. Um, pumps in the river anything that sticks out comes up a little bit shallower that it's kind of unique to a specific spot in the river um and i'll just kind of graph it look for different we'll see if there's any bait there see if there's any fish there even if i'm not marking bait i'll make one or two passes through there just to make sure it's not hugging bottom and you can't see it on your side skin or your down skin and i just kind of I run and gun and look for those schools that are willing to bite. And that's usually how I target dirty water early with that cold water. Yeah, definitely um, targeting those fish and using your electronics is super important, especially in dirty water. I think it helps you dial in those, like you said, it's tighter schools of fish. And um, we got a really cool episode actually coming up on electronics and I'm excited to get into, but you know, using your electronics and having confidence in your down scan and your side scan and your sonar, you know, and if you do have pan optics and any of the live, live images, um, you know, having confidence in that is super key because if you can dial in where those fish are and really put the bait on them, you know, we talk about just doing drifts and, you know, trying to find that, but if you can really dial in or what they're sitting on, yeah, because then you can start breaking down the river a lot easier, you know, Hey, these fish are sitting on a hump. Let me slide down a couple miles and go try this hump. Or, you know, they're on this point. Let me move over and try this one. That's, I mean, that's all part of solving the puzzle. Yeah, it definitely, one thing that I've been picking up on, it's not all the time. It seems like it's kind of like a 75-25 thing is that when the water does get dirty, those fish try and look for structure. So if there's rocks towards the bottom of the river, those fish are going to kind of, relate to it more than like a sand bottom where there's not much there. It, I don't know if they feel more comfortable there or if it's holding more heat or what it is, but it definitely seems like if there's a tree or a rocks on the bottom that they, they tend to stick to it more with that dirty water. Right. And when you're breaking down water, another thing to look at um, when the water is stained is try and find breaks in the stain. So, 
you know, try and find where there might be some cleaner water or some even dirtier water running into it. Cause if you can get like a little change in water color, you can typically find a lot of fish sitting on that water change because that's an easy way to ambush prey or bait as it's, yeah. as it's swimming in and out, you know, of the water change. And there's actually, I mean, at all times of the year, you can usually find creeks or, or rivers that dump into the main river yeah. and fish the water, the color change. But when the water gets stained, you actually have a pretty good opportunity to find some water change in the middle of the river, off of some sandbars, just the way the current's moving. Yeah. You know, it, it plays with the water a little bit and you can have a lot of success looking for those kind of areas. Yeah. It all kind of comes full circle. Um, dirty water, the fish are, aren't going to want to stay in that deep hole. Not as much light, not as much bait. Um, I do feel like I catch more walleye off current breaks when the water is a little bit dirtier. Um, it kind of leads back into our casting episode where you're going to want to sit outside. I mean, you're not going to have to sit as far outside of them just because they're not going to be able to see your boat. But cast blade baits into them, cast swim baits into them. Um, just kind of target those slack current spots where they might be sitting, looking for that bait, trying to get out of the current. Yeah, and I'm glad you said blade baits because that's going to lead us into kind of where we're heading. You know, we talked about jigging and how to target them, but there's so many other ways. You know, there's drifting spinners, there's pulling crankbaits, and then obviously your casting methods. But the cool thing about spinners and crankbaits, blade baits, those have a lot more action. Um, you know, the blade baits have a lot more rattle to them. The crankbaits usually have rattles in them or beads in them yeah. that hit. So that is a cool way to target them that – will give you more action than the jig will. And I know personally from experience that when you have an opportunity where there's dirty water or stained water and you can get up in there and troll it in the fall or in the spring, man, I seriously, I've hammered, I've caught some of the biggest fish I've caught shallow and dirty water where yeah. all the boats might be sitting out deep, you know, and there's one or two guys, you know, it's like you got a buddy, hey, you know, scoot in shallow or, or you get a hold of somebody, you know, hey, we're marking some fish in tight. And then you just start beating them up in shallow. You don't even have to run your boards very far down. You're straight lining these deep diving bandits. Cause I mean, you're fine. I found them in shallow six, seven feet of water. Sometimes it's yeah. rare. Typically it's more like your 10 to 12 feet. Yeah. But I mean, we've got them as shallow as six feet and you're just using your planer boards to shoot your baits way out the side. Cause you're running over those fish. Yeah. One of my best days was, I mean, one of the best days in my life was I think May, maybe. Right when the run was kind of finishing up, but there were still some spawners. And there was some super, super heavy winds the night before. We, Me and my dad and one of our buddies were in a tournament. Um, the water ended up getting, like, chocolate milk out there. You couldn't see more than three inches down. And we were fishing, vertical jigging in eight feet of water, catching seven, eight-pound walleyes. And I think we were the only team that came in with more than that caught more than 10 fish that day. And I don't think we caught a single fish that was less than three pounds. And it, I think it was because we were just targeting that structure, targeting that slack current. And not many people were, were really looking for that. They were fishing where the fish were a week before, which was in the middle of the river. And nobody really kind of put two and two together that the fish would slide in shallower. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I mean, I've been a victim of it plenty of times, but 
sometimes it's really hard to like stick to your game plan and, and go out there and do what you planned on doing when you get out there and it's like you put the trolling motor in the water and you can't even see the trolling motor yeah like it's tough man it's it's not easy but you got to tell yourself and you got to have that confidence like hey they're here you know i gotta find them and like we said there's days where man there's been days where you can't even you drop your jig in the water and you can see your jig and you can't even see the tail of your bait it's yeah. just disgusting but those are few and far between. If you can, if you can get just even the littlest bit of visibility, these fish were built to hunt. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's what, it's what they do. And you can take, you can take those opportunities that you're not given all the time. You know, sometimes you're not able to go out there and, and pound fish from noon to four. But on a day like today, you can go out and pound them from noon to four because yeah. hey, the water's dirty, and um, you know the sun is shining now. Back to the colors a little bit. We talk about those dark colors, and then we talk about like your bright chartreuse and your bright orange and stuff like that. I like to add that I always like black on black yeah. in dirty water, I, whether it's a black fork tail, whether it's a paddle tail, whether it's a worm. I like that combination in dirty water. And I also don't care if the sun's shining. I don't care if it's overcast. I don't care if it's evening, midday. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things. I love running that. But typically when there's an overcast or low light conditions early in the morning, late at night, that's when you want to stick to those deep, dark colors, blacks, browns, dark greens, those deep purples, deep blues. Yeah. Um, it seems like to me on those sunny days, when you get the sun to come up in that dirty water, that's when you can start getting away with your chartreuses, um, your lemonades, you know, like your yeah. bright yellow, your bright chartreuse and bright pinks, yellows, oranges. I don't know. It, Maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like that's kind of, that's been working and it obviously not just for me, but for everybody. Yeah. It seems like when those fish are in a little bit shallower midday, those brighter colors are where you seem to get more of your bites and then more of the low white conditions, uh, overcast. It's when kind of Rain, black, on, right. black on black seems like it shines a little bit more. But, um, I mean, one thing I want to talk about is that, especially after, like, uh, the winds we had this past week where it was nonstop for, I mean, how many days? Like, six or seven days? I swear to God, it had to have been nonstop for probably, I mean, it was probably blowing 35 miles an hour nonstop for probably 36 hours straight. Yeah. It I was, mean, it was for well over a day and a half. Yeah. It was just ripping. There was there was no fishing in those couple of days, that's for sure. But it does seem like we get a huge, huge push of walleye that come into the river no matter the time of the year. I don't know if it's because they don't like the dirty water in the lakes or what it is, but it seems like we get a massive push of fish into the rivers. So, I mean, the mouths of all the lakes, uh, the north channel, the south channel, the middle channel even, um, up towards Port Huron seems like it's good. And then you give Detroit, it like, it's good. Yeah. Even out there, you know what I mean? And then you give it a week to let that water just clean up a little bit so you can get a little bit of visibility. I mean, even two or three days after the water gets like chocolate milk, it seems like you go out there and those fish are ready to feed. Yeah. And they're, they are, like you said, ready to feed, man. They're smashing baits and that's, what we all love we, yeah you know the bending the rod but when a fish smashes that bait it's like yep this yeah. is what i'm doing it for like this is what i love about it and you're right i think 
personally, I think it's because I think a lot of the bait that goes to the lakes in the summer, I think it's on its way back. I mean, you look off our dock here, and, I mean, there's shiners. Yeah. There's shad coming in now. You know what I mean? There's yeah. And that's everywhere. That's not just here. That's at the mouth of the Pine River up there in St. Clair. And that's at the mouth of the Black River. We're starting to see bait finally. And even on our crafts, you yeah. know, when we're out there, we're starting to see a lot more bait coming in the river. And those fish are going to follow the bait. But what those consistent winds are going to do is they're going to cool down our water, which is what we need. We're, sh- we're trying to shoot back below that 60-degree mark and get these walleyes back on the feed. For me, it's the best time of year because people like you are going to go sit in a tree. Yeah, uh-huh. it's definitely the weird time of the year where people are going to be hunting, people are going to be fishing on their free time, but definitely the days when it's it's sunny, not much wind, and everybody's just going to go try and enjoy themselves, sit in the tree, get away, are days you, you need to try and get out on the water because those evenings where the sun's up, the water heats up one, two degrees during the day, those fish just... I mean, if they see your jig, it's going to be down their throat in no time. The fishing doesn't stop. Not at all. The fishing doesn't stop. And that's that's what I'm so excited to be here for and, and be doing. And especially uh, at the shop at Hook One, you know, we talked about it. We're not carrying a bunch of ice tackle in here because we don't ice fish. No. We, it's just not something that we've done. It's not something that we like to do. I'm fishing open water all the time. In in the fall, you know, I went by the launch today and there wasn't a single truck. And like we talked about, it is muddy water, but man, there is some great fishing to be had. And so, you know, if we can bring that to the light and, and get some more boats on the water, hell yeah, man, because that, you know, people think the spring, like, you know, oh, I got to get out in March and April and get, get these giant walleyes. No, there's giant walleyes, there's giant perch, there's giant muskies, there's giant sturgeon. They get giant in the fall. It's what they do. And we're finally getting towards October where we're going to roll into some cooler weather. In November, I've caught some of the fattest fish. Doesn't matter what time of year. November, I've caught some of the fattest fish I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I've said it before. Fall seems like it's more, it's my favorite time of the year to fish. I mean, yes, it takes away from hunting a little bit, but no, if, no. <laughs> hunting takes away from fishing. Um. If you're looking to catch one of those massive walleye or smallmouth, mossy, surgeon, anything, it seems like fall is a time to do it. There's not much pressure on the fish because everybody's out hunting or doing something, going to the apple orchards. You're, or in the, in, you're catching musky in the fall. You're catching musky and walleye in the fall. So let's just say walleye. We're catching walleye in the fall, yeah. right? And they're spitting up four to five inch shad. Yeah, like they're they're just gorging themselves in the fall is a really cool time where you can get away with upsizing your baits a little bit. Yeah, especially jigging. You know, when we talk about the dirty water, that's when you can run some big shad shaped baits, some darker shad shaped baits and have some great success because those fish, they're just trying to gorge themselves and get ready for winter. You know, and that's I mean, that's just talking about fall, but. That dirty water is that's when they're going to start packing on the feed bag because typically it's going to approach as the seasons are changing. Yeah, it seems like the dirty water is kind of a kickstart to fall every year once we get to spring. Yeah, honestly, you know, it seems like that one storm dirties up the water a little bit and it, it just gets it going. The fish start to move, the fish start to feed. But I've definitely had some of my best days after a, a massive storm and then I wait a day kind of prep my tackle just because the fish are kind of accumulating to that dirty water still. 
and I go out a day, day and just a half. Just wrangling and, your pets in. Just <laughs> come on, come on, guys, let's grow. You're gonna get smashed tomorrow. And then I, uh, I go out the next day, and I've had seriously the best days of my life like that. I went down to the lake last fall. I think it was end of October, like October 25th or 26th. We had a massive storm come in, and there's a huge warm front that came through the day after. Um, I mean, the water in the lake was like six-inch visibility, which is not very good for Lake St. Clair at all. And I think I caught over 120 fish by myself on one spot alone. I just kept my motor spot locked, and it was cast after cast because those fish just ball up and do not move. No, they're there. They're there for one thing, and that's to feed. Yeah. And so if you keep throwing a bait at them, they're going to keep eating, especially if they can't see what they're eating. <laughs> it's like yeah. a silent assassin, man. This bait comes through the pod, and all of a sudden, boom, fish disappears. Yeah. It seems like dirty water. Uh, as much as I say downsize, I would try and upsize your baits. Um, I think it just, it's a bigger presentation. It seems like you're going to get more fish to kind of just attack that bait, even if they're just trying to, even if they're just mad at it, not trying to really eat it. It seems like you're going to catch more fish, whether it's smallmouth to mosquito, walleye. Yeah, especially, I mean, when you're, obviously it's dirty water, so the, the, Site conditions aren't ideal as it is. So if you can get away with those bigger baits, which you can, like we were saying, in the spring and in the fall, that's when those fish are going to start gorging. And then yeah. you got to think the summer months is when you typically would downsize your baits. But for us, especially around here in the summer months, our water is always clean. Yeah. It's rare. We get the dirty water early in the spring, late in the fall, you know, or in this case, earlier in the fall. But you know, you get that dirty water as it's starting to transition, and that's what can kickstart great seasons. And it's something that, like we said, we see it all the time. Oh, is the water too dirty to fish? Is the water too dirty to fish? Well, whether you go out and fish or you sit at home on the couch, you're not going to get them. Yeah. So get out there and fish because if you figure it out, and it's really not an if, it's when. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of fishermen are fishermen. They're going to find the fish, so it's not if, it's when. And the only time you're going to do that is by putting the time in down down on the water. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I hear it all the time, too. Um, people are always like, well, we don't have very big fish in the St. Clair River, so it, you got to keep your bait small. And the, the if you upsize, the fish aren't going to be able to get in their mouth, and you're just going to get a bunch of short strikes. But there's one bait by Mega Bass. It's called the Mag Draft. It's like a six to seven inch swim bait with a built-in treble hook and i i personally put a treble hook on the top too more towards the paddle tail but when the water gets dirty like this in the late fall like november december i throw that in the river like once the not once i mean once you get like a foot visibility not like when it's super dirty it seems like it doesn't do very well but once you get like a foot visibility you just start absolutely pounding them on this bait. And it's been something I've kind of kept a secret these past couple of years. But, I mean, give it another week. I'll be out there with that bait, and I'll just – I'll share. It'll be a heyday with it. Write it down. Another secret. <laughs> Spilt beans. <laughs> but, really, those larger baits, I mean, you're, you're going to have a better opportunity of the fish seeing your bait in the water, and they're going to hit it. I mean, at the end of the day, if the fish – we've caught – we've caught – caught – 
How do you like that? Huh. I'm not editing that way. out. I'm going to look at that one. <laughs> uh, we've caught fish. I mean, we've caught four-inch perch on a bandit. We've caught four-inch perch on a jerkbait. If those fish are ready to eat, they're ready to eat. And what I'll say about that is you got to understand what type of fish you're fishing at that point, yeah. right? Are you fishing hungry fish or are you fishing that reaction strike? Because big baits set off reaction strikes as well. I think it's something – I definitely think it's something that's worth trying. Now, six inches, that's a monster bait. But honestly, I mean, the finesse the, or the minnows that we use now, finesse, whether it's finesse or Wyandotte or whoever you're using, um, those are four inches as it is. So yeah. five, six-inch bait. It's up there, but it's not out of the realm. I mean, look at these fish's mouth when they eat. Even a even a 12 to 13-inch walleye that we've got to throw back after we've catched jigging, they have no problem shoving in a three-quarter ounce jig and a, a four-inch bait in their mouth. No, no issues. I've had multiple times where it's been spring or fall and those fish are just on a feeding frenzy where, I mean, the, the treble hook is legitimately in their stomach before I can even get it to the surface. And, I mean, it's not going to happen without barely getting the bait in their mouth. I mean, even a big six-inch swim bait that I throw, I mean, you'd be surprised how how far down their, their mouth they can really get that bait. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's one of those things, when they're ready to eat, they're eating. Yeah. And nothing's going to stop them. Like, hey, I, I want to eat that. I'm going to eat that. Yeah, it seems like there's kind of like a window. Uh I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big window, it seems like, but it seems like a day to two days after the storm, all the way out to like a week, week and a half, it doesn't matter what you put down there. It seems like those fish are just going to smash it. Well, that's the best time of year. That's that's Christmas. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, well, I mean, is there anything else that you want to touch on? I mean, I think we touched on it all, especially I think the most important thing is trying to break down color patterns. Yeah figuring out which colors you're going to use in dirty water because you need those fish to be able to see it. And then once you break down your color pattern, um, you know, what, what, if you're jigging, what are you going to use? Are you going to be using a paddle tail? Do you want to stick with a fork tail? You know, you can get away with worms and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and if you're trolling or you're pulling spinners, you know, don't be afraid to change your speeds trolling with spinners. Don't be afraid, afraid to try bigger blades Cause it's going to put more vibrations in the water. Yeah. But I think a lot of this stuff is, um, you know, essentially what we're doing to increase our chances to catch fish. I just yeah. had a horrible brain fart. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I wouldn't be afraid to try jigging spoon either. Give off a little bit of flash on those sunny afternoons or sunny mornings. Um, that's still a pretty good bait all year long. You can't really go wrong with it, but it's always something to keep in mind too. Yeah, and like ripping wraps. Now, jigging wraps, that's something. Those are a little small. Yeah. Those would be, honestly, those are something they don't put a ton of vibration in the water. They, that's more of a reaction strike bait. You know, your jigging wraps, your moonshine, yeah. um, your ripping glides, all that kind of stuff. Um, you're better off using a jig and a plastic at that point because it's going to give you a bigger presentation. Yeah. Throw some scents on there. Go out and try some scents um, or try some live bait. You know, tip with a shiner. We do it in the spring and we do it over the winter. It definitely adds some adds some scent to your bait. I don't know visually what it does to the bait, but I do know that it adds scent and it catches fish. Yeah, it catches fish. We're not going to come on here and just start talking some random smack about you know what what doesn't work because that looks shitty on us and it'll look shitty on you if you, <laughs> if you go out there and don't catch anything. 
Yeah, there's, I've, I put my time out there to where I've looked like an idiot sometimes doing some stupid stuff, some, just trying something new. But you're only going to learn if you fail. Exactly. You know what and I mean? I, sometimes you get lucky and you're like, oh, that worked. I'm going to keep doing that. But you're only going to learn if you fail. And the only way to you know, figure it out is to keep failing, to just be like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Yeah. This doesn't work. Like we, It's putting together a puzzle. Yeah. Every single day you go out on the water, you're going to put together a puzzle. You know, whether it's water clarity, whether it's um, temperature, air temperature, water temperature, uh, weather, wind. You know what I mean? There's... There's something that you're going to have to put together every day. Um, and dirty water can make it challenging and intimidating, but it can also be some of your best days. And depending on the time of year, lead to some of your biggest fish. Yeah, it's definitely hard to get confidence fishing dirty water just because it's so much different than fishing cleaner water. But, I mean, once you get your confidence, it's going to be like let the water get a stain good so I can go out and catch fish or When's the next storm so I can go out and catch fish? I'm itching. I'm itching to get out there right now. Yeah. Just because I've it's all year I've been saying, man, I can't wait to get some stain in the water. Man, I can't get to wait some stain in the water. And I had to wait till the end of freaking September, but I yeah. got it. Yeah. So I'm going. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's there and the fish are there. The walleye are hungry. The muskie are hungry. Um sturgeon fishing does get a little tougher in dirty water. Um, for sure, but good thing this isn't a sturgeon episode. Yeah, we're talking about Walters, yeah. and they eat all year round. Yeah, doesn't matter the color of the water. Yeah, so don't be afraid to go out and try try some different techniques in the dirty water. It's it's definitely a lot of fun once you get on those fish. Guys, we want to thank y'all for tuning in and listening. It means the world to us. Uh, we have great support already, um, and we're only seven episodes in. We got a long way to go. The only way we can keep going is if you like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> there it is. There it is. His famous line, like, share, and subscribe. Um, honestly, though, we don't ask for any donations. We don't ask for any subscription fees. Um, liking our podcast and sharing it is free. It means the world to us. And uh, honestly, it gets us out there for everyone else to hear our nonsense. Yeah, we appreciate it. So thank you for everything. Uh, we look forward to seeing y'all for episode eight. We got another great episode coming at you. Thank y'all for listening and uh, have a great day.